0: Welcome to One to Watch Wednesday featuring independent and emerging artists and bands from across Canada and their songs. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks for hanging out today. In the spotlight this week is the Toronto, Ontario, Canadian pop country duo, Broad Tree. The duo is made up of theatre performers Armand Antony and Nicole McCafferty. This was such a fun conversation. You are definitely going to learn a lot more about them and also how they managed to go big but also stay home over the last couple of years and how it actually was the pandemic that really sparked them to start this project of Broadtree and how it has expanded. Expanded and grown and snowballed over the last two years, and how exciting that has been. We also talk about how their theater backgrounds do influence their songs, their studio time, and their stage performances. We also talk about how they've been able to connect with many, many artists all over the world with their musical postcards, their very creative and very well rounded songwriting. We also talk about where the name Broadtree came from, and I find it super creative, and so much more. And of course, you're going to hear two of their songs. You are going to hear their song, Breath of Fresh Air, and also, also, you are going to hear Inevitable first. The song doesn't come out till Friday, and you're going to hear it here first. (laughs) So a big, big thank you going out to Broadtree for allowing me to play Inevitable here first. Well, I'm pretty darn excited for this episode, so let's get right on into it. Wonderful. So first off, thank you so much for joining me on One to Watch Wednesday. It is so special to have you guys on because I have been doing all my research and there's so much to talk about. So I'm so excited, but we got to start from the absolute beginning. So you two are both theater performers who have been involved with music and drama for a very long time. And you guys met being involved with different theater productions And your paths eventually crossed when you met at one of the productions and you released your first single, a stripped down cover of Taylor Swift's Red in November of 2020. And since then, you two have had a bit of a roller coaster ride, releasing two EPs and your first full length album in a span of four months. That is a lot of work, (laughs) but we got to go right back to the beginning of how this all did start because you guys said, this is one of the best decisions you guys have made because you guys work really well together. So let's start from the beginning.
1: You you covered a lot, which is great. I mean, normally we have to tell that story. So thank you. (laughs) Uh, When we we've done a couple of productions together one which is kind of like a recurring one that we do you know uh, it used to be pieces. annually pretty yeah. much yeah and we got to see each other a lot doing that show and then i think in 2017 which is now five years ago
2: oh my lord wow which is, which is, which is funny <laughs>
1: the last five years
2: oh my god yes so we did a show
1: called the last five years and that's the show that i think we we really clicked well over um it was just a two-hander show so it was just the two of us on stage the entire time we never got to leave the stage and you know we we worked for four months on that show before we finally got to uh, put it on stage and I think that's the first time we sang together it's it's where we built up a lot of our chemistry I mean we already had that going in but I think it's where we developed it professionally which was really cool as well I mean I don't know like there was never a point where I think five years ago we said you know what in five years (laughs) when the world's going to hell let's let's (laughs) let's start a band I think once we hit the pandemic and once we were in a point where you know, we, we didn't have the stage. We didn't have anything really. Like we'd be kind of stripped of our livelihoods at that point. I wanted to do another solo album. I mean, music had been on hold for the longest time. I said, you know what? The first thing I want to do is a duet. And I mean, I love Taylor Swift. It's funny that I'm wearing a Taylor Swift shirt right now. (laughs) And I called Nicole and I called Nicole and I was like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to do a duet together? And
2: I said, yes, absolutely. Because I had my life had basically been on hold for like a year almost at that point so uh so yeah I came over we recorded the duet and then we just got like really excited about it so we ended up making a music video for it just because you know what else were we doing and then we decided when it was being released we decided to do like a little stream live stream thing to like celebrate that it was coming out so Pretty much the day before we just learned a couple covers and then we sang them and our friends and family tuned in and they were like, Oh, the covers were great. You should record them. So we did, <laughs> we made a little EP of uh, the covers that we did that night. And then before we'd even finish that EP, we were like, I wonder what it would be like. Maybe we should try like writing a song together. So we wrote a song together and then we just kept meeting like twice a week and every rehearsal within like two hours, we'd write another song. And so we started churning out songs really fast Then once we had about like 12 of them, we were like, oh, we should do
3: an album.
1: (laughs) We basically wrote, recorded, and released the album in the span of what? I think it was six? eight weeks. It was frantic and it, we, we had written a couple songs and said, I think we're writing an EP. And then two weeks later, we're like, I think we're writing a full album. <laughs> uh, and then by the time we went up, we we decided to just get away from the city. We went up north to a cottage. We turned that cottage into a recording studio, recorded the album there. And you know once it was out, it was, it was a little surreal to think of just how fast things were happening. But I don't think we expected any of this to happen. This, this was really supposed to be just kind of a little fun thing to keep us busy during the pandemic. And it's evolved into so much. There's never really a point or a time where I think we we look on that negatively. We're we're very very grateful for everything that we've been given and everything that we've had the opportunity to, to do so far. And I mean the amount of people that we've met and the amount of uh, the amount of things that we've learned and the you know the, the life lessons along the way. You know the fact that we got to tour during a pandemic I thought was really really strange, but also very very exciting. So all in all, I mean I don't know if if we could summarize this last year into a couple of words. It's 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 just been it's been a really wild ride and we're still on it. We're, we're, we're still very grateful that, that it's still going.
2: And especially crazy because there was never really a moment where we necessarily decided to do (laughs) it. It just kept happening. Like it just kept snowballing and snowballing and more and more was happening. We never like ever really sat down and we're like, so now we're a band (laughs) just happened.
0: (laughs) Well, I love the fact that you two are here and I feel like when you love something that you do, it shows and then it kind of like projects onto everybody. And then yes, it's, this happens. And you get a lot of recognition, which is so well deserved. And you guys at this point have said in a previous interview that you could read each other's minds and know what the other person was thinking when it comes to creating tunes, but you both have separate musical backgrounds and separate Musical influences. So, we're going to talk about you guys individually and how you guys got your start in music. So, Nicole, we're going to start with you. So, for you, you have said that music has always been one of the most important things in your life. You've loved singing since you were a toddler. There was no row, row, row your boat going on for you. You were already memorizing lyrics and imitating (laughs) Alan Jackson and Barbara Streisand, which are two very different artists, but both amazing. So Nicole, let's start from the beginning of your musical journey.
2: Sure. Okay. So yeah, I guess that's kind of what I grew up with. I'm from a really small town, Nova Scotia. So country music, big part of my life. Both my parents love it. And then my mom was always really into Barbara Streisand and like Meatloaf and Michael Jackson. And some of those performers that you might say are way more theatrical, which I think is kind of where that sort of love of theater and stuff came from for me growing up, always imagining myself anytime there was music on singing along and imagining myself as the character in the song. And, whatnot and then I started doing musicals in high school and really fell in love with it I was super academic when I was growing up so you know I was one of those people who was like you know acting and singing are fun but it's not a real job for the longest time <laughs> and then uh, then when I uh, got to grade 12 I was just so devastated at the idea of never getting to perform again that I was like well if I feel this strongly about it maybe I should give it a go so I just switched gears completely in the middle of grade 12 and first I moved to Newfoundland and did part of their theater program then I moved to Toronto to pursue musical theater and i've been lucky enough to have that sort of grow and sustain me ever since which i've been really happy i've gotten to tour across canada in different musicals and stuff which has been amazing you know, country music. It's it's funny because people say our music sounds like, you know, very like sort of stylistic theatrical musical theater-esque <laughs> sound over top of country music, which to me makes total sense because those are my two favorite genres. They're the ones I listen to the most. They're what I grew up with and what I came from. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess I sort of dabbled a little bit here and there and quote unquote songwriting as I was like growing up and such, but I never really took anything to completion, I guess. And then it just sort of when we started trying to songwrite together, it just sort of came very easily. So yeah, my background is mostly just theater until now.
0: (laughs) Really, (laughs) that's pretty cool. I gotta ask, because you said you always enjoyed imagining yourself playing the lead character in A musical and being that character i saw this one meme that said when you put on a sad song and you stare out the window like you are the person in that song did you ever do that
2: (laughs) absolutely 150 times yes yes (laughs) every single time i remember i remember just being in the back of like my mom's like van you know with headphones on on long drives because that's all there is to do where i'm from is to go on long drives and like that was me just every day on long drives with my headphones on dramatically staring out the window (laughs) was it always raining yeah (laughs) 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 making myself cry like
0: (laughs) you do what you gotta do (laughs) so Armand, we got to talk about you now. So you think you were about four when you were given a guitar and you had no idea how to play, but your parents, they also bought you a toy microphone and speaker so you could play like a rock star and put on <laughs> concerts whenever the family was over, which is amazing. And you're kind of like into the eighties and classical rock music. So let's start off with uh, where you got your start in music.
1: I don't know if you remember Sharon Lewis and Bram the Elephant show, but uh, uh, that was, <laughs> that was, that was it. I mean, I remember watching them and any time that they would do, like they would cut over to, to their concert footage. That was me. I'm like, I want to be them. And I would get the questions like, well, which one? I'm like, I- of them, all of them, like all of them in one shot, even the <laughs> elephant, I will take his role. So that's where things kind of started. And yeah, I mean, my parents got me all those and I apologize to all of my family all the time for, for making them, th- for sitting through all of that. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I had a blast doing that. Performing has all, like, and being on stage has always been a part of my life. So whether it was, you know, doing school plays in elementary school, or this came out the other day that nobody had known about, there was a point where I was living in Mexico. And, you know, we had big like events and productions and talent shows and things like that. And me and like three or four of my other friends at the age of like seven, did a full on choreographed, like dance to to like a Mexican boy band at the time, which <laughs> was was the pinnacle of like my, you know, my youth, like as far as like performing on stage. So uh, when I got into high school, I started a couple of different bands, bands being in quotes, just because some were not so great, but I mean, that's just, you know, how we do, you know, as those started to end and I started to get into university. I mean, I went to school for radio and television arts, which was good because it gave me a lot of the background element for, you know, things like production and and things like that. And I released two solo albums under uh, my own name and I got to tour with those as well. And it was an absolute blast. I, I absolutely loved it. But at the end of the second tour, when I came back, there had been so many shows and so many days that the last thing I wanted to do after that was play music. I was almost just done with it. I remember coming home, unloading everything, just putting it into a corner, and then just saying, we're, we're, we're done with music for the foreseeable future. After three months, I got really, really antsy to be back on stage, but I didn't want to do music again. And all my high school drama just came back in and I just jumped back on stage as, as far as theater went. I kept focusing on theater, which was a lot of fun. I found... This one production company that does some amazing comedies, one comedy which is Where
3: Where Nicole and I met,
1: so that's kind of where paths cross. Was Nicole was doing musicals, I was doing music, and then stepped out to start doing theater, and we we met during one of those productions. I mean, we've been we've been friends since, but our our paths have kind of always found a way to to crisscross at some point or another, and we click on so many levels. And I mean, not just the mind reading, songwriting side of things, (laughs) but like you know, we're both huge Harry Potter fans, and we're both big nerds at heart, so we we clicked right off the bat.
0: (laughs) So how I feel like there are many many ways that theater productions and being in theater has really helped you guys throughout this new project of Broadtree. So in your words, how did it help you transition into going from being musical theater actors and performers into doing a duet and a not solo project, but a band project and do it through a pandemic?
2: Well, I mean, one of the main reasons that uh that we ended up, I guess, getting together during the pandemic was because of this sudden lack. Like suddenly everything was gone, even even our Joe jobs, but certainly anything that had to do with performing, which just left such a big gap and a hole because at the time when everything sort of struck, we had both sort of reached, I guess, kind of everything we'd been working to ward for for years we were living our best lives I guess you could say right like I
1: mean we, we were we, we were we were finally at the point I mean I think like the points that we started when we were both like 15 16 where we said like we want to be performing or we want to be on stage or we want to be in this industry for a living
2: yeah be able to support ourselves doing just that and and, and
1: when we had reached I mean like through various different projects that we were doing even our you know part-time jobs or our side jobs or whatever the things we would do just to kind of like you know, spur that on. We're still involved in theater and then this pandemic
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so definitely, I think uh, part of what drew us together was just this, just that massive sense of loss and this huge gap in our lives. You know, as soon as we decided to do this duet together, our next step was like, oh, a music video. And I think that's probably what started the snowballing of everything coming together. People say a lot that well, people always say that they can tell that we're theater people. If they ever see us perform live on stage or even sort of our personalities on Instagram or if we release any, any videos online and things like that, people always, you know, oh, they see the chemistry and we're like so animated and so energetic and there's yeah there's definitely a musical theater-esque way that we perform uh <laughs> even when we're just performing Broadway songs on tour and things like that and it also our songwriting it's influenced our songwriting enormously because the way we approach songwriting is very very the way you might analyze a character if you were going to play one i guess on stage or in film or whatever it might be when we songwrite we always uh do a lot of character analysis and world building before we even begin writing the song so we know exactly who it is that's singing that song, if it's a duet who these people are, what their relationship is to each other, what the, the sort of core is, or if you were, you know, doing a show on stage, you might think about like, okay, what the, what are the themes and how are we portraying them with our characters and with the story that's happening? And yeah, I think the type of storytelling that we do in our broad Tree songs is very influenced by that theater world.
0: For sure. And I did read that when it comes to writing, you don't write in a particular way. Instead, you can hear little bits and pieces of every musical genre that influences your duo in your tracks, which is super cool. So when you go into a writing room and you put all your influences into a track, how do you create a song and what kind of characters do you like to build and what kind of stories do you like to create and how do you have it relate to everybody?
1: The writing side of things, I think, is so different for us. And we've, we've just started co-writing this year and we, were, we held back on it so much last year just because we were so, I think, locked away in our process and how, how it worked for us. Because for us, we don't touch an instrument. We don't touch melodies. We it's actually the last thing that we do is putting the actual song together. The idea of of building these characters in these worlds and building up the story and creating so many elements that, most of the time never even make it into this like into the song itself. But I think for us that's that's one of the things that I think we love doing is just is is honestly like doing what we would normally do for theater. When we finally I think finish writing like the base lyrics of what we're gonna do, like a melody will slowly start to come into it or we might we might have something as we've written a chorus with like one of us will hum something and we'll be like, oh that's it. You know, after that we we throw it into an acoustic guitar. And then I don't know if we've ever really gone into a song with like here's what it's going to sound like. And we're going to have this solo here.
2: Even when we first started writing together, we didn't fully know we were going to end up being country. It just (laughs) happened. Like we didn't, when we started writing together, we didn't have any particular genre in mind. We were like, oh, we might do like an acoustic album or something. And so it was just whatever sounds came into our head, which obviously influences very organic influences, I guess.
1: (laughs) But no, I I think it is when we first started recording, like our first, first like song or two, where we went and like, all right, well you, you kind of went like, yeah, this is what I had in mind. And I walked away going, i guess i'm in a country band now
2: (laughs) (laughs) but uh it's really funny sometimes like we kind of just put whatever we're hearing and feeling inside into it a couple of times because armand has a a background in punk music as well (laughs) so sometimes and we both like punk a lot as well so sometimes we'll be like okay this song is fantastic we love where it's going it's sounding a bit punk how do we reel the punk in and add some more country (laughs)
0: like
1: just really it's replacing the, the third electric car with a banjo, and then we're good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, before we play your last single, "Breath of Fresh Air," that came out in September 2021, we got to talk about your name, Broadtree. Where did it come from?
1: This is your question. Okay.
2: So, so when we first released "Red," which was our original Taylor Swift cover, and our little EP album of covers that came out after that, we were calling ourselves. We didn't know what to call ourselves, so we just. <laughs> threw it sort of under our names and then as a and n as in like armand and nicole that's what we were calling ourselves. And then when we decided to release the album, it was literally like the album was finished. It was like ready to come out. We were ready to submit it. It was like two weeks. And before. it was like two weeks before the album was going to be released. And I we came into it and I was like, maybe we should have like a better name. Because it's, <laughs> it's hard to like, it's really hard to search individual letters and like ampersands and stuff on streaming platforms, right? Like nobody would be able to find us. Because we had a few people listen to the album And we kept getting this feedback of like Oh it sounds like musical theater over country <laughs> It's really funny because like I love the imagery of like Oh Broadtree like it's so like Organic and based in nature And it's so grounded and-. But um, yeah, it's really is real it, is, it is the Brangelina of band names It's literally Broadway plus country Is Broadtree
0: Oh my god that is so, so creative That is so creative <laughs> I love that so much <laughs> thank you
2: <laughs> some people are a little disappointed that, because it's, it's like less impressive than they were they're, expecting they're, we
1: love that there are one of two reactions the first reaction is oh because <laughs> they're just so disappointed because they just have this mentality of like oh it's got to have some deep meaning like you know, <laughs> like Angelina, right? And then there's like your reaction, which we love so much. We're like, oh, somebody gets it. This is good.
0: Like that is the best. I'm not like kidding. I love that so much. It's actually quite creative. It's so cool well this is awesome so we're gonna play breath of fresh air your last single that came out in 2021 so tell us a bit about the song before we played here
2: you know we, we always say we didn't want to write a song about the plague because everybody's writing songs and plays and books about all my experience in the plague and you know um, by the
1: way we refuse to call it what what it is the Just, c we, word we, we don't like the, to c use the c word at this point it's the virus over. that
0: <laughs> shall not be named yeah. exactly
1: <laughs> And Plague just makes it sound like, you know, it's despite been, how awful whimsical. it is, Like it really makes it so <laughs> whimsical, a little bit more fun. So. Um,
2: so we didn't want to write a song about that. I remember the sort of uh, seed for this came from back in, I don't remember which lockdown it was. There's been so many lockdowns and various color spectrums and things that they call it here. Everyone's like, oh, the third lockdown. I'm like, whatever, it all runs together. Anyways. At one point, I guess 2020, maybe, or 2021, we, it was one of the little breaks in the lockdown where, because there was a time uh, in Toronto where you couldn't even, you weren't even really allowed to go outside. You couldn't go to the park. Our parks were blocked off with caution tape and there were there were cops patrolling them mm-hmm. because you weren't even allowed to go to the park. And so it was the very first time in forever. It was a nice sunny day. It was the first time I'd been able to walk outside without a mask on. And it was literally just that sort of deep, you know, literal breath of fresh air and just how sort of monumental that moment felt after, you know, being cooped up inside and having to wear masks everywhere for so long. I guess just that moment really felt really symbolic. And then when we started thinking about it, we kind of ended up personifying it to sort of represent really anything in life. Because it's not, it's not about the plague. It's about anything in life that's keeping you down, whether it's you know, sort of a funny idea of like, a oh, I've, I'm a teenager and I've got overprotective parents <laughs> or maybe, you know, you're stuck in a, a really dead end job or your boss is really hard on you or maybe you're in a really bad relationship, whatever it may be. Just anything in life that's really keeping you down and the escaping that and getting to have that freedom and that that release and that joy that comes from that, I guess, Come, comes from going through something that's been keeping you down and coming out on the other end.
1: And also trying to find a way of really finding positivity in, in everything that we're going through. I mean, this came out September 2021 when things started to look a little, you know, yeah. nicer. we would written this song and we started to record it. I think we sat on it for a little bit because we we never had the right time to release it. We were we wanted to release it in as like a big summer song and it didn't happen just because at that point we're like, you know, things still suck right
2: now. <laughs> People might not relate <laughs> as much. People not relate. So
1: <laughs> in Ontario being just one of the worst hit places when it came to, you know, just lockdowns and everything like that. We so, said, you know, once, once Ontario is in a good place, I think
3: we can release
1: this and most people in Canada and, and, and the U S well, the U S is fine, <laughs> um, but mostly everyone will be able to kind of just go, okay, cool. And, you know, some people immediately jump in and know that it's about the plague. I had a friend, one of my really good friends call me, I think the day after the song came out and said, is Nicole okay? <laughs> because she just assumed that like, you know, it's, relationship. It's, it's, it's an abusive relationship. Like it's, it's about the plague. She's like, Oh, I get that I'm like well that's fine we'll take it
2: yeah that's what we love which we, we do try to keep our songs a little bit open to interpretation because we love that you
0: know that's the best part of it is best part of any kind of art I think mm-hmm. is you know whoever the audience is getting to interpret it in different ways I love that and we're gonna play it right now this is Breath of Fresh Air by our guest Broadtree breath of fresh air by our guest broad tree now we got to talk about your debut album entitled feeling bad, feeling better. And you have said that this was a unique experience and you did all demos, but you wanted something different for the album. So like you mentioned earlier, you went up to the cottage for a couple of weeks and you were expecting that this album was just going to be acoustic. But Nicole, you said that it turned into something a whole lot more. The songs grew a lot in those couple of weeks and there was like a full string section, there's drums, multiple guitars and other instruments. And I genuinely do admire like the very beautiful storyline that you got going on with your recent album. How long was this project in the making and when did you begin writing songs and creating lyrical concepts for it? Tell us about the creation of it. So
2: we started writing the album in November, late November
1: this,
0: or December. No, it
2: was right it, after Christmas, wasn't yeah, it? It was, I the, think we, we, it was we like, song. it was like December 27th, maybe mm-hmm. when we wrote our first song. Yeah.
1: No, December 27th when we wrote our first one. And then I think by... The end of February, we had about 15 tracks or 16 tracks written down. And we're like, okay, we put them in post-it notes, just threw them all on the wall and said, okay, well, let's narrow this down because we're not going to record a 15 song album. That's just way too much. picked our 11 that we wanted to kind of bring into it. Again, didn't really go in with a whole lot of expectations. Like the first track on the album, Running Shoes, like we we have, you know, a, a demo of what it first sounded like when we first recorded it as an acoustic song. And if you had told us in that moment, like, here's what the final product's going to sound like, I don't know if we would have really believed you, you know, because it kind of turned into this really kind of like fun rock country, almost sort of anthem that almost set the tone for what the rest of the record was going to sound like. I think the other thing that really changed and, and developed the sound were a lot of the themes that we had on that. Because it wasn't just, I don't want to say a typical country record, but, you know, we talked about a lot of themes on there that. Things like mental health, that really kind of, I think, shaped some of the songs around to, you know, still have that country feel of them, but have a little bit of a different atmosphere. I think atmosphere might be the right word for it. We weren't necessarily expecting to have happen, but it did, and... I think we're pretty proud. We're still pretty proud of just how a lot of those songs turned out.
2: Yeah. And some of them grew enormously. I always like thinking of uh, the third track on the album is called Home Is Where the Heart Aches," And uh, as you said, our Armand loves the 80s rock, <laughs> especially Bon Jovi. So I always call that one like our big rock anthem. That's our big Bon Jovi song, which we didn't expect either. We thought it was going to be like sort of a slow ballad, mm. which it kind of is, but like it, it grew Insanely, we added how many layers does that one have? I don't even know.
1: Like forty I, some, maybe oh, different many. layers of instruments,
2: <laughs> and yeah, that that one is really funny. We always like to mention it whenever we play it live because acoustically, obviously, it's so much smaller and quieter and sweeter, I guess. Whereas, like the big rock anthem on the album is just like this, like massive, devastating, like <laughs> heartache. So some of the songs just really grew, yeah.
0: Going back to feeling bad, feeling better individually, do you guys have a personal favorite? Like, what draws you to a certain song in particular on the album? Absolutely. My <laughs> favorite song
2: that we have written yet to date, I think it's the seventh track in the album. It's called Wendy. This is another Plague Not Plague song. Um, that one came out of uh, a friend of Armand's, another theater person who had just gotten her big break uprooted her entire life, moved from Toronto out West, like literally like sold all her stuff. This was going to be like her big break. They were in rehearsal for one day. The first rehearsal was March
1: 10th. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So she got one day of rehearsal and it all just got pulled out from under her. So we thought that that was just an incredible heartbreaking story. So we contacted her. We had a Zoom chat with her and she told us her story and we just sort of took notes throughout it. What I love about Wendy, other than I also love the music in it, I thought that the guitar part that Armand came up with was so good. I love it. I love the sound. But also I just thought that that story was just so heartbreaking and so beautiful. And we approached it in a very different way where instead of writing it from like a first person point of view or anything like that, we we wrote it from a third person point of view and we also ended up, it ended up sort of turning into a bit of a fable. We, we both of us really love fairy tales and fables and things like that. And this became sort of our personal fable it's just such a beautiful song i relate to it a lot because like i said both of us sort of also had the rugs ripped out from under us we were living our best lives and then this struck and took it all away indefinitely and maybe forever (laughs) well no 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 not forever things are getting better for us but you know what i mean at the time you didn't know right we didn't know what things were going to look like or when we'd get to get to have that life again so Wendy's my favorite track it reflects Peter Pan a little bit we love that and uh it reflects real life because it starts off being about this little girl who's sort of a skeptic and doesn't necessarily believe in fairy tales and things like that but she still has this hope and this dream and then her dream comes true and she gets everything she ever could possibly dream of and her life is everything she ever wanted it to be and then it all gets taken away so it's like Wendy being told okay you have to leave Neverland and you can never come back it's a heartbreaker, but I love it. That's and the, my favorite. And, and I think the aftermath
1: <laughs> of that, I think, is the the really big one. Mm-hmm.
2: That... Oh yeah, there's this shift in the song. Should I spoil it? No, spoil don't it. spoil it. No, no, don't spoil don't it. Don't spoil, spoil it. Okay. it. I'm Let not going to spoil you're, it, but people talk, can go listen. You're, I always you're talking this on. one up. So. <laughs> but there's a, big, there's a big shift at the end that always makes me cry. <laughs> big surprise.
0: I love that. What about you, Armand?
1: I'm always torn. I mean, for me, Home is Where the Heartaches, just that one, there's a lot that went into it and there's a lot that went into the, the writing process in terms of just where Nicole and I were coming from. And it was the last song we recorded. It was the last song that we wrote. But... I'm going to say Bad for Each Other. Bad for Each Other, it's the ninth track, I think, on there. I think it would probably became the most country track that we had on there. On that but, one, yeah. But um, that one was pure fun. We always, write, like, we always like writing from a point of some experience of ourselves. Yes, we create these characters, but we inject bits of ourselves, bits of our own stories and bits of our own lives into these characters and then build the songs that way. Bad for Each Other was a song where it wasn't about us in any way. We just kind of came up with these really, really fun characters, took different elements from, you know, different characters that we that we love and just created this, like, teenage, like, this teenage love story that, you know, where, where everything's kind of working against you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be teenage love story, but just a love story where everything's working against you. It's, you know, kind of almost giving, like, a big middle finger to everybody and just saying, you know what, we're, we're still going at it despite what everybody, despite everybody telling us, that it's a bad idea. It's, it's it's just a lot of fun it's our favorite song to play live mm-hmm. like by far it's it's the one that we get to act the most on stage at I mean frankly if you take away our mics and give us headset mics like we would we would give you a full-on performance of what that oh, one looked yes. like <laughs> uh, which is, is which is why it was so much fun and we, and we got to inject a little bit of fun into it so if you're a Modern Family fan Dylan and Haley like there were little elements of who they were that we injected into those characters like it was it was, it was just a really 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 fun song to write and I think the first time that we finally played it before we took it into the studio we're like this, this is gonna be a really good song so
0: oh I love that and I, can I just mention that like I love the fact that when you guys talk about your songwriting and about your creativity and how you guys create your projects like your voice is just a light up I can't see your faces but your voice is just light up and I love that you guys are just so passionate about this and it's only been a few months since you guys started out as a duo but like wow like, I'm just so, I'm just so, I'm still so excited to talk to you. Like, I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> like, I
1: love you so us much. Too. It's hard not to smile when you're doing something that like you you just absolutely love doing and it, this hasn't been like there's there hasn't been a moment like yeah we've had we've had our stresses along the way but honestly it's just been it's been such a fun ride like it's been such a fun roller coaster ride and
0: well part of your guys's amazing ride you guys did musical postcard series and you guys contacted songwriters from different countries around the world to do virtual concerts together. And this is like a really cool way to connect with artists. So tell us how you started with this.
1: So it started, I think, with our song. So we, we and we only did a few of these. We did something called song swaps, where we basically would reach out to other artists from wherever we could around the world. Uh, they'd give us one of their songs. We'd give them one of their songs and uh, one of our songs. And we'd we'd swap and then basically just do a post on Instagram of us performing each other's songs, which is kind of a, a cool way to get your a cover of your own song. But yeah, as we started to meet new people, it started with one of our friends who, uh, friends now, who opened our live, like our, our yeah. album release, and she was out in the UK, and that's where we kind of got this idea of like, well, what can we do to, to try to, one, you know, obviously like meet some of the people that we've been talking to on Instagram, because we've been talking to so many. Instagrams just become such a, a hub of, you know, pandemic love, <laughs> <laughs> of trying to meet people, and Also, you know, just just get to know people and and showcase, you know, music to anybody that I think is open to hearing it. Our Instagram followers come from so many places around the world. So we kind of said, you know what, if we can get even just a couple hundred people to just come in and watch one of these little episodes that we put together where we get people from around the world, cool. I mean, it's something that we're both interested in. I mean, frankly, if somebody else was doing it, we'd be sitting down watching it. And the first episode, I think we had about six people and it was four countries. Yeah, and then the second episode that we put together, we almost said like it's going to be a hard thing to talk because we had seven people from seven different continents performing on this episode, and it was just such a magical thing to just be able to see, you know, different cultures and different, you know, different styles and and people like talking about their stories and talking about their songs in a way that we wouldn't normally get over here on the side of on the side of the world and it turned into something way bigger than we ever thought it could possibly turn into. So
2: upwards of 5,000 views in in like the first week, it was wonderful. And, (laughs) and it's so cool because like, you know, people are tuning in to see the person they know perform, but then they're also getting to like all of these people from different areas of the world are now getting people in a totally different part of the world watching their song as well. So like, you know, people in uh, Tanzania are watching our song and then, you know, people in Canada are watching these songs from Africa and it was awesome it was it was great so and actually we haven't had a chance to do an episode for a while because we've been so crazy busy but um we're we're looking at doing our next episode maybe in may mm-hmm. probably around may we might we might give her another go and phone out again because i mean it was great at the time for artists because they couldn't perform live. Um, so everybody was all gung-ho to do these virtual shows. But now that everyone's a little more free and we are able to perform live, we're like, oh, are people still going to want it? But I think so, right? I think people oh, yeah. will still want to do it. Yeah.
0: For sure. Like, because I feel as though, although the world is starting to open up and things are starting to be eased and mandates are starting to go away, people are still going to want to, you know, stay home and stay safe if they feel they need to do so, of course. So I think it's great. So with that said, although we have been in a Weird situation over the last two years. There are so many different ways for artists and musicians and songwriters to perform and get their songs out there. And I found this question actually on a different interview you guys did, but I really liked the question. So I want to hear your guys's response for my audience to hear. So, do you consider that nowadays there are more or less opportunities for new artists and why?
1: I definitely think there's more. I think we're a really good example. I don't think we would be doing this had it not been for this pandemic, I mean, pandemic aside of of the idea of like, that's what brought us together. But I don't know if we would have ever thought of doing something like this. I don't know if we'd ever be putting as much effort into the idea, mainly just because for one, we had a lot more time, it became this really, really supportive community that you went into online. And when we first started releasing stuff on Instagram, you know, the biggest support that we had was from the UK, which we thought was Super cool, but also like Canada. Where are you? Know? But, <laughs> um, but it was, but it was really cool just knowing that like we have people like we we almost had to like start changing our Instagram posts to make sure that we were appeasing the UK time. <laughs> and the opportunities have become a lot better. You're, I mean, you can spend a couple hundred bucks and technically have a home studio ready to go. All you need is a really good microphone and in an interface, and, and you can do what you need to do at home. That's changed so much from five, 10 years ago, of having to go and save up thousands of dollars so that you go into a studio and come out with a half decent, you know, sounding track. So that's changed. I mean, you you now have a lot of time to, to experiment and figure things out for yourself. What has, like, so that's the benefit, but there's also been a challenge that's come with that. And that's been just the sheer, I mean, it's no longer a record label world where you're hoping that the right person will hear your song and bring in you and, and, and sign and, you know, do that whole big record deal. I mean, yes, that's still a thing, but now it's a matter of how do I make sure that I'm the most marketable thing online and with music? I mean, it's, it's just like any other influencer on something like Instagram and TikTok and, and Facebook. It's, you know, how do I basically create a presence or create something that's a little bit different than me just playing music to get noticed and to get people to listen in and do something that's unique enough that people might potentially jump in and then listen to my music or you know, listen to the music that we're creating rather than creating something where, you know, it's basically just another Instagram profile or TikTok or whatever the case may be saying please come listen to my music and this is you know and that's all that the channel is and it's unfortunate because there are so many incredible musicians there are so many incredible songwriters and artists from from so many different genres and I mean we have that in Ontario just like the amount of different country artists uh, that we have here it's great but you know it's Marketing has changed up so much as far as how that goes, and it's a learning game. I mean, we probably spent the best part of most of last year trying to figure out like how does this work, and you know, I don't think we perfected it, but we we've learned quite a bit. And you know, as you get to learn, you start to see things like your following, you know, go up, and with that, your your plays on Spotify and Apple Music and things like that go up, which is a really cool correlation to see. That's definitely been quite a different challenge. Not just obviously be recording everything yourself, which is a great opening opportunity, but also, having to market it, which is the biggest challenge.
0: For sure. And you guys, I did mention this before I press record, are so amazing on social media because you are always updating us on what's going on. You're teasing us, and we are going to play a song here that you have been teasing over the last couple of days here in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. But we got to talk about one thing that I did also find on another interview you guys did, but they had some really good questions. So I'm stealing them. Um- <laughs> 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 so I'm like, I give props to them, but I just got to ask you. So, what would your idyllic life as an artist be like Nicole we'll start off with
2: you I mean I think it always just comes back to like we we always say this we we we're not looking for any kind of like stardom or notoriety we we just want to be able to afford to do what we love for a living and not have to have that other joe job you know to just be able to support ourselves on making this art and performing and doing what we love I think that that's you know the most that you can ask for. And then I personally I really love touring. I love getting to see new places all around Ontario and all of- Across Canada, so uh, anything that incorporates a little bit of travel in there is always going to be a bonus for me. But it always just comes down to you know if if I can live my life this way, you know what what more could you ever ask
0: for? For sure, Armand. What about you?
1: I think I mean everything you said, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'll add in, and and this has kind of been our mo from the very very beginning. Whenever we release something, whenever we we write a song and we put something out there, like we said, it's not about stardom, and you know it's not about the streaming plays or anything like that. For us the biggest thing, like for example, we released a song called be as it's kind of like our, our pride song uh, and more. I mean, there was so much more about that, that this past June, that was, I think the really great summary of, of encompassing of why we do what we do. Cause we got it. So many DMs of people just thanking us for that song because of how it hit them, or how you know it allowed you know their kids to see you know things like the LGBTQ plus community in a different way. It was right after some of the uh, the Muslim terrorist attacks that we had here in Ontario, so people reach out on that end to say thank you for it. So for us, I think if we can release a song that in somehow, some way touches at least one person, then we're doing our job. Then we're doing something that to us is pretty special because if we can somehow in some way write something that somebody halfway across the world sends us a message about and says, thank you for, that's just a pretty amazing thing to be able to kind of you know, throw down on a resume just to be able to stay in life. <laughs> so what have you done? This past <laughs> month?
0: For sure. And you guys have achieved a lot over the last few months. And you said you guys never expected this to happen. And it has kind of snowballed, of course. Have you guys thought about thinking about the future and where you guys see yourself? Like, where would you like to see BroadTree go in the future? Like
1: how you looked right at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it's actually really funny because yesterday we were sitting down, we, we sat down for almost two hours and we mapped out our year. Which is weird because we didn't that's learning from last year. <laughs> Honestly, I think if we can continue to, to create and we can continue to write and we can continue to perform, let that grow. I mean, this last year has been growth and unprecedented growth at that. The other thing we've also learned is that this plague has taught us to not necessarily expect or change or 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 look to to kind of plane too many things out. So for us, I think, you know, we're kind of looking at what can we do to continue to grow? What sort of things can we potentially continue to do online? Things like musical postcards, obviously continuing to play live as much as possible. It became a bit like, I mean, it's already an addiction. that's why we do what we do. But we got to do it for a tour last year, and that was that was so much fun, just getting to actually perform your own music at different venues every night. So yeah, I think between all of that, just more, yeah, more of the same, more of the same, more, the same. <laughs> more of the same, and letting it continue to grow, and whatever else comes along the way, it's just always going to be a bonus. I think what we're doing right now has been a lot of fun, and we're still. I think the thing that like we always have to remind ourselves of is that we're we're really young in this big world of of country music. We at the CCMAs last year, like that was I think a good like call it as to how young. (laughs) Broad Tree really is despite the fact that there was recognition there i mean which was really really cool we know that a lot of people have been doing this for a lot longer and learning from them i think is one of the things we're doing and being able to co-write and being able to to just learn as much as we possibly can so that we can continue to have that growth
0: for sure that sounds like a really really good plan so before we play your new song that's going to be dropping on friday so everyone's going to hear it here first and thank you for letting me do that (laughs) that is really darn cool what is coming up for you in 2022 what you got what do you have going on
2: all right so first off uh we Got this single, this new single that everybody's about to hear, which we're super pumped about. And then we also have another song that we wrote actually early-ish last year, but we've been holding on to it and waiting for the right time so it didn't get lost amongst any of the album stuff or anything like that. We're excited about it. We're hoping to release that for the summer. We've just today started, you know, throwing around ideas for a potential music video. So there's that. <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting too because my like '90s kid brain always thinks of things as like oh an album it has to be an album but people aren't doing that anymore it's bizarre people are just releasing it was bizarre to me you know with the streaming platforms people are releasing singles and eps and it's very rare to see the the full album come out so it's a learning adjustment for me but we're uh, we're trying to be more in that vein so that we don't have as crazy a year as we did last year cuz we went a little over over the top, I think. <laughs> but yeah, so we've got a couple more singles planned out and then an eventual EP, I'm planning on doing a bunch of co-writing, which we're really excited about. And yeah, am I missing anything?
1: No, and I think, you know, just just shows as much as possible, you know, whenever we have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to to be on stage in some way, shape, or form. Broadtree is just an ongoing project. We're still actively pursuing, you know, our other avenues and the the other things that we love to do. Again, I don't know if this will open it up to anybody, but we'll leave it at that. Like, Mm -hmm. I have a mentalism show that runs in Toronto, and it has, was really successful until the play hit. so picking that back up I know Nicole's planning not planning but you're on tour yeah
2: I'm gonna be going back on tour I'm so excited yeah. with theater so
1: so I think a lot of you know 2022 is going to be getting our lives back on track and getting our lives you know our, our other performing lives back up and running and then you know figuring out you know how we write together and how, like you know learning a lot more things remotely yeah other than that I mean 2022 I think is just going to be an exciting year of just picking picking up after we're last Year left off and working smart and not harder because I think that's one of the things that we learned a lot from last year. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think we burned out pretty hard towards the end of uh, towards the new year. So and traveling, I think that's, yeah. That's something that love to There's
0: a lot that. going on in 2022 that can happen because things are opening yeah. up. So it sounds yeah. exciting. <laughs>
1: for sure
2: yeah but we'll always be right and we'll always be making new music we we get so excited about every single song that we write we we just love each each and every one so the hardest part is picking which ones we are going to release
0: <laughs> when and stuff but yeah lots of new stuff in the pipes mm-hmm. that's super fun and like i just got to say this i don't know if it'll make sense but you guys are the example of being able to go big and also stay home at the same time <laughs> I love that. That's great.
1: It can can happen. Going big while staying home.
0: I love it. You guys did some pretty big things over the last couple of years, and that is so amazing. And it has led up to this moment of you guys releasing a brand new song on Friday called Inevitable. So this is like the debut of the song. And once again, thank you so much for letting me do this. This is so darn cool. And this song is going to be available everywhere. You can buy, download, or stream your songs right now. Let's talk about Inevitable before I played here
2: so this this one was uh, this was your seed of an idea wasn't it this yeah um,
1: and, and, and it's really funny just because like we've been so bubbly and happy and exciting and, and <laughs> having so much fun you know hopefully we'll we'll have some time to rebuild that as soon as the song is done because this is like this is one of our sadder songs yeah which you try not to typically write just because we we've been living in a pretty sad world the last little bit. But, you know, the, the main idea behind, and this is one of those where we, again, we built the story before we started officially writing it. But the idea came from, you know, having this concept of two best friends. And this is two best friends, you know, that have been together for, you know, 20, 25 years, and like put a long, a longer stamp on that. And just that idea of both in some way coming to the realization that there's way more to it. There's way more there. I mean, 25 years is a long time to spend together and there's 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 this bond and there's this connection. But the moment that you have this realization that there's a romantic element to it, it, it changes the dynamic. The song is basically this conversation that they're both having potentially with each other, potentially with themselves. But the idea of what do these feelings do? What do these feelings mean? How do they potentially impact, you know, themselves, each other? And and the fact, and I think the key thing to, to kind of note is that it's a what if that'll never really be answered. I mean, these people are, you know, married, they're carried off and they're kind of settled in their own lives. So it's, you know, when these feelings come out and when you start to actually have these conversations, what does it potentially do to your 25 year friendship, to that relationship that you have with your, your closest friend, your closest companion, who's been with you all through life. And how does that potentially, you know, is it damaged? Is it impacted? Does it end? Um, And we leave a lot of those questions kind of open for you to, to, for you to answer yourself. But that journey of getting from point A to point B isn't exactly an easy one to go through. It's an emotional one. And. We wanted this song to try to capture that as much as possible.
0: It's a beautiful song, and before I play here, introduce it for us. My name is Nicole. My name is Armand. And together we are Rod Rod Tree. Tree.
1: And you are listening to Inevitable.
4: I can tell you anything. You've told me that for years. I know all your secrets. You know all my fears. But some things are off limits. Some things that I can't tell. I call it falling slowly, I call it something else Can I stay beside you, will it ever be enough? Can I play the sidekick, or will you call my
3: bluff? And you know that I know, and I don't know what to do Do I dare to ask the question, when there's just too much to lose? Can we press pause on this scene change Or just watch it in slow-mo As we inch towards an ending That we're both afraid to know But it's inevitable It's inevitable I can tell you anything I almost always do we know the perfect words to say To pull each other through But this time I'm at loss I can't help what I can't feel If these words were spoken Could we find a way to heal? I can't be the answer can't be the one you need I can leave things as they are But it hurts to watch you bleed
4: If you don't know that I know And I don't know what to Do I dare to ask the question when there's just too much to lose? Can we press pause on the scene change or just watch it in slow mo as we inch towards an ending that we're both afraid to know? But it's inevitable. It's
3: inevitable.
4: different there's nobody to blame if we let truth come between
3: us will things ever be the same you don't know that i know and i don't know what to do do i dare to ask the question when it's just too much to lose? can we press pause on this
4: scene change or just watch it in slow mo as we inch towards
3: an ending afraid
4: to know, but it's inevitable, it's inevitable, it's inevitable, it's inevitable. It's inevitable.
0: There is Inevitable by my guest Broad Tree, and that song is available everywhere as of Friday, so you heard it here first. So make sure on Friday you buy, download, or stream it wherever you get your songs. And the song you heard a few minutes ago, Breath of Fresh Air, that song is available right now wherever you buy, download, or stream your music. And of course, you can follow BroadTree on all social media platforms to follow along on their very exciting and very promising musical journey. And a massive, massive thank you going out to Armand and Nicole for hanging out on One to Watch Wednesday this week. That was so much fun. So much fun. You are more than welcome back anytime. That is your One to Watch Wednesday for this week. Thank you so much for hanging out. My name is Sarah Scott.